0: Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Nigel Smith of IndieWire. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming out tonight. So uh, we're going to have a great uh, 45 or so minute chat. Uh, I'm going to be asking about 20 minutes of questions, and then I'm going to open it up to you guys with uh, Stuart Murdoch of Bell & Sebastian, and we're going to be discussing his first ever feature film, Uh, God help the girl. So first of all, we're gonna watch a trailer of the film to give you guys an idea of what it's about, and then we're gonna welcome Stuart to the stage.
1: Let me tell you this, if you wanna hear your voice floating in the middle of a beautiful tapestry of frequencies, you're gonna need a pop group.
0: Please welcome to the stage, Stuart Murdoch. Hello. How are you? Hi, guys. Sir, so are you wholly comfortable with with your new your new title? Or, uh, sir, sir, uh, as uh, as filmmaker, uh-huh. does it feel kind of weird to hear that out loud?
2: N- um, no, I told I told it. It's nice to use it. I told. Uh, I think I said immigration on the way in. I was a, as, a, as a movie maker or something like that. I just to, you know, just to roll it around your tongue and, and have a, have a laugh with it, you know? So how long
0: have you wanted to make a film? Has it always been a dream of yours or did this just kind of happen?
2: It was never a dream so much as um, when I got my band together, it was, I, I never really thought I would be a songwriter. It just happened. Um, because something came up and, and I had to write songs. And the same happened with the film, really. Um, y- you've got to have that big idea comes along. I think that gives you permission uh, to to go off in a new direction. I heard this big idea was born uh,
0: quite a few years ago out on a jog. I ran an entertainment weekly um, that you took and a song came to you. And then that song was you know, included on the concept album that inspired the film can you can you kind of tell me about the long process um that you took you know to,
2: to yeah, make this film it, it, it definitely started it sounds like a good story like I was out on a yeah <laughs> on a run but it was it was a it was a dark night in England it was raining it was the middle of winter uh it was Sheffield which is an old industrial city and I was running along one of those canals like the one in the movie and uh and just suddenly I heard that song that you just heard uh just like that just like a you know the whole thing with the strings and everything and I I wrote down some of the words on a on a little piece of paper I carried and and from that everything eventually rolled out that was that was the seed um I thought it was going to be a girl group thing for a while and then uh, then the character of Eve became more apparent and I started writing more songs for her and then eventually when I got some time off from the band I, I, I sat down and started writing a script Were you inspired by anything
0: you were watching at the time? I see a lot of French New Wave um, watching the film a lot of reviews have picked up on that or is it just kind of solely based on I don't know on, on, on the song that you uh, first envisioned
2: Oh d- no definitely I, I, I mean I know what I'm doing musically by this time I hope but um, f- film wise I would I'm begging and borrowing and stealing from from from, and, and especially leaning on things that I love um, you know I watched a lot of movies around that time just because I was in that kind of mood they definitely got in the bloodstream and I, I just you know I thought do I want to make a conceptual indie movie or do I want to make something like pretty in pink, or they I want to make something like Grease, and I thought, I want to make something like Grease, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to, if I'm going to spend some time doing this, I, I want to have fun doing it, um, but of course, I, 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 do, I do love those truthful films, and I love like, the Goddard films, and, and they, they're in my blood as well, so, so maybe it's somewhere in between.
0: Um, let's watch the first clip of the film, I think we have three for this evening, just to give everyone a sense of uh, the tone.
1: Let me tell you this, if you want to hear your voice floating in the middle of a beautiful tapestry of frequencies, you're going to need a pop group. Oh, okay, I just thought about something. We get people to play drums or bass or whatever we need, but we tell them right from the start that we're the band. They do what they're told or they can leave.
3: I mean, do you think people would actually go for that? It's not like we're
1: experts or anything. That doesn't matter. No one knows anything except you. You're the songwriter, you're the boss. So what do we do? Advertise. James can make one of his super cool flyers, and I won't steal it like I did last time.
3: Can you do it, big man? Come on, let's get out of this pissing rain.
0: So now that film's about three young people who come together to form a band. I want to know how much was inspired by the forming of your own band in the mid
2: 90s. It would be easy to say that it, it it was inspired but I didn't I honestly didn't realize till the whole film was put together that there there was a thread that had come through it because when I actually wrote the film it was much more about the characters it, it was much more just letting the characters talk but you know, when I saw the whole thing through, you know, I realized that the, there was this quite strong thread that the music was driving it. The, the forming a band thing is quite a, a, filmic thing, you know, it is in lots of films. And I thought, well, I, you know, I used to be in a band. And uh, sorry, <laughs> what I say?
0: Exclusive at uh, the it, Apple it, Store. Sorry,
2: it was a, it was a, it was a long process. Um, yeah, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm in this band. And so, yeah, I definitely lent on that process and used, used some of that, that stuff in, in essence it, it turned out quite like the, the first summer that Belle and Sebastian spent together um, in, in the regard that it was uh, you know it was like a seven way romance that we had the, these guys kind of have a three way romance you know in, the, in, a, in a kind of platonic way and, and ours was a seven way romance um, you, you're bound together by music and it's a wonderful thing and you get on well, and everybody, everybody used to, we used to follow each other around to all sorts of um, social and fun things. And, and then by the end of the summer, it was all over. We started arguing.
0: <laughs> um, you were talking about characters earlier. I want to know what specifically inspired the backstory of the lead character. The film was played by Emily Browning, because, um, you know, at, at the outset of the film, she uh, is suffering from an eating disorder and um you know she progressively gets over that over the course of the film why why that and
2: well i remember we we had got to a stage in the in the film where i'd i'd written pages and pages of of the guys talking and it was it was quite light and it was quite a 60s style musical where everybody kind of runs about having a good time and barry mendel who was on board as producer by this time he was kind of like my creative partner and he was looking at the the edit he was looking at the the script and he eventually came to the conclusion it, it wasn't good enough there wasn't enough substance there wasn't enough something driving through and th- this set me back quite a bit you know because i was busy with a band i had to put the script down and leave it but when i came back to it i know i wrote a new treatment that explored maybe some of the darkest sides of well, you know what happened to me when I was younger, what happened to some of the people I knew round about. I'm talking like way back in the, the 80s and 90s here. It's a while ago, but I infused Emily with that with that kind of spirit. I was determined that it wasn't going to be a film about anorexia. It wasn't going to be a film about depression. I wanted her to start in a low place and be um, be lifted by music throughout. So I guess that was some of the, the thinking behind it.
0: As a first time director, were you wary of you know exploring that dark territory? Did you feel comfortable that you could pull off the, the correct tone and then also make a musical on top of it all?
2: I w- I was I was pretty comfortable. I mean, if you get a chance to make a film, a feature film, how many times does that happen in your life? It could it was certainly the first time, could be the last time. You know, why would you leave why wouldn't you leave everything out on the field? As he say, a sporting kind of reference. Um, I thought, you know, I could play it safe. We could leave the anorexia thing out. We could leave the depression thing out. We could leave the re- spiritual, religious aspects out. We could leave the, the healer should get out for a start, you know. But we left all that. We left all that stuff in. You know, it was esoteric and and, um, you know, I had uh, I had a friend who was who suffers from the same thing that Emily had, and I check in with her from time to time. And, she, you know, she was really enthusiastic about the project, and, and she saw it recently. She's in Australia, and she just loved it, so.
0: Emily has an amazing voice. I, I didn't know she sang. Does she side as a singer, or?
2: She, she's, she's done some, everybody who tested for the movie had yeah. to sing, so we, we knew what they were like. And um, I heard her sing in a, another movie clip before, and, um, but I think the, th- the thing about her voice, and it, it's combined with, when you see her on the screen, it's it's very it's a very welcoming voice. It's 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 very kind of you feel like following falling into it. It's not an abrasive voice. So it was it was great for the film. What was
0: your choice? Uh, Well, you know, the fashion seems to be these days after Les Mis to have, you know, your actors sing live on set. But watching the film, I, I think I could tell that it, it was re- pre-recorded, yeah, correct? well, you
2: would think that, but... Was uh, I wrong? <laughs> no, there was some it of sounded the... sounded too good. There was, there was some of the stuff that was done live. We were, we were using a combination way before the whole Les thing, by <laughs> the way. You know, the, the plan was... Of course, we, we, we recorded the record beforehand. You know that because the record came out. And we used... We were still using some of those recordings as a basis. Uh, you know, we recorded the cast singing before we shot. But there was a number of the songs... Like come monday night you 're going to see shortly i 'll have to dance with Cassie, down in Dusky blonde that we recorded live on set with a live band you know some there 's some of and Sebastian in there, I think bob 's in there, and the players are actually playing, and the idea was to to, to capture uh, a, a live performance but also to make the actors feel a little bit nervous you know to make them feel like singers and you know, Emily was really nervous when she was doing that. And so, but afterwards we did, we used a mixture, we blended stuff and, but the, the, but the live aspect of the recording is, is still in there, I, I, I assure you. <laughs> awesome.
0: Uh, we're going to throw a second clip from the film.
1: So, is the band going to have a name? Oh no. Not name conversation.
3: Why not a name conversation?
1: Don't you think it's stupid just to give yourself a name just because you sing songs?
3: What, so the Beatles were stupid?
1: Well, they were kind of stupid if they actually stopped to think about it. You definitely think too much. You think the fun out of things. I mean, I- I'm a lifeguard. I work at a pool with three other guys. We didn't give ourselves a name. What, like the Life Boys or something? <sighs> That's pretty good. Look, I just don't want to have a name conversation, it's a Saturday, right now, all over this town, hundreds of bands just like us are having name conversations, thousands of punks, goths, psychobillies, indie kids, rockers and just general knobheads <laughs> are just sitting there arguing about what to call themselves. I think you just hate people. I don't mind people. I just can't stand collective idiocy.
0: Now, where do you side on this topic? I, this is one of my favorite scenes of the film. I, I wasn't sure if I was getting a little insight into what you make of, of band names,
2: if, if, if you agree
0: with him or, or
2: not. Um, well, first of all, I just think Ollie's doing some sterling work there. I, he took every line that I wrote and made it better or made it believable and made it work. He's such a talented guy. He just, you know, he, he's just got it. Um, as far as that stuff goes... I guess uh, so some of that sort of attitude that James has is a legacy or it's left over from my days in the eighties when I was, uh, I, I, w- I used to be a roadie and, um, you know, before I could write a song or anything like that. And I would, night after night, I would sit on the stage of the, the venue that I worked in because we, we did security as well. We used to have to keep people off the stage and I would see literally, you know, I'd see a hundred band a year or how many bands a year and... That's kind of how I learned my, my trades. You know, it all went in. And I could, I just, there was so many, you know, all the guy, all the categories that he mentioned, the punks and the rockabilly's, and they were all well represented over these years. And I saw them all. And, and, and there was good ones and, and bad ones. And you could tell the good ones straight away and you were thinking to yourself, you guys, you are just never going to make it. You have all this industry money behind you. You've got a huge truck outside. You are just terrible. You were never going to hear from you again. Whereas, you know, some band the next week would come in. They'd be loading the gear themselves. And you could see that they were, as soon as they got up to play, they were the the real thing. And I I saw some, you know, amazing bands in in my time sitting on the stage. I even, you know, the Pixies were even even played their first gig in Scotland. And um, so... So yeah, I, I probably got a bit of attitude around that time, and, 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 and put some of it in the film.
0: Now um, you started a Kickstarter campaign, correct, for the film? What a year a year ago to finish funding.
2: Yeah, it was a few years ago. It was a few years ago. It was yeah. a year before principal photography started, um, because we were we were in a bit of a hole. We still, you know, we had a lot of money to raise, and uh, Kickstarter really helped us along.
0: I feel like that really kind of caught fire. Uh, you know, we, we posted about it on IndieWire and a lot of other sites. Were you
2: surprised by the outpour of um, of support yeah, for the project? I, I was surprised and in equal measure delighted. Um, I remember saying rather flippantly that every dollar that we earned from Kickstarter would probably in the long run be worth four, three or four to us. I don't know why I, I said that, but it, it kind of, it did because after that we, we started getting some private inve- or bigger investments, and we got some money from Creative Scotland. And I, I think that the the, the show of support from the uh, from the ordinary, you know, from people, just helped. It worked as a catalyst in our favor, and it was great because we didn't have a we didn't have a studio, we didn't have a major backer. It was it was me and Barry, and the, you know, a couple of producers just walking around London trying to <laughs> trying to raise some money.
0: Now, the, the reception for the film was so, so good at Sundance. I have to know that, you know, if you're ever playing a, a film follow-up, and please don't take, you know, as long as you took to, to bring this one to the screen, given the process you had to take. Oh, so... If you're planning a, to oh, n- uh, ever make a, a film follow-up, if you want to make another movie.
2: I think I, I think I probably learned a couple of shortcuts Yeah. in that time, yeah.
0: Awesome. So we're going to show one last clip, but then we're going to open it up to the
2: audience. Great. Okay,
3: and then James, can you bring the guitars in? One, two, three, four. i That comes in from outside If you could catch it on Pin it to your wall Then you would sleep much better
0: So, uh, if you have a question, please just raise your hand, and man's going to be coming around with a mic.
1: Welcome to New York. Thank you. Um, I'm English, though, as you can tell. Um, I noticed the Aladdin Sane flash on the girl's face in the first clip. Um, Bowie had always wanted to direct, but when he made his directorial debut, he got Julian Temple to help him, and it was only about 24 minutes long, Jazzin for Blue Dream. It's a big step to actually have the have the nerve to step up to the plate and go the whole hog. Was it always your intention to direct a film of this length? And having done that and succeeded, I'm sure you won't tell us what it is, but do you have an idea about what your next movie would be about? Thanks a lot.
2: All right. I like that you're British, but you're using a baseball um, metaphor there. Step up to the plate. Um... No, 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 it's good, it's good. Um, no, those, those are good questions. It, it actually wasn't until uh, I, I'd been at this process for quite a while, uh, serving this long apprenticeship, you know, l- learning to try and be a screenwriter and then learning to try and be a director, even if I was just doing it in my imagination. But it, it, it was only a year out before principal photography that I actually thought, well, am I going to direct this? If somebody had come along and taken it off me, I would have been quite happy. But then I... I I I realized that there was that it was my baby and that I, it it would have been like uh, giving it up for adoption if I if I'd let somebody else sort of direct it so I did you know I did have to step up to the plate and really um you know get into it and um and it was it, you know, standing in front of a crew on the first day, it was it was pretty daunting. I mean, every day was pretty daunting. You know, the 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 whole language of filming and telling people, you know, who knows what it's. You, I'm I sure you're you're not going to get a mastery of of that art. Um, you know, for for many films, really. Um, going into the next film, if I ever get to make it, will be just as daunting. I think. Um, I did have. I had a. I had an idea for my next film. I, I, I've actually mentioned it in some places that um, I wrote a description of my movie and uh, the next movie, and, and then uh, Spike Jones made it. <laughs> and it was, it was called "Her." Uh, did you see that, that film? Now, of course, he made it way, way better than I could ever make it. But it was the same basic premise of uh, the mine was a, a girl who has a, a computer. In her house, it was the house that looks after her, and my uh, the computer was more like a a Jeeves character. They didn't have sex; it was more polite, you know. But um, you know, but I saw, I saw her, and I just thought it was amazing. So, but apparently that stuff happens all the time, you know. An idea comes along, and you know, so you've got to grab it.
1: Hi. Uh, I remember when you put the call out for singers for the album. I was curious if you were initially hoping to have them be the actors uh, for the movie. Because I was surprised to see like such kind of famous faces. And then listening to the album and stuff, just wondering if that was an- your original intention.
2: Yeah, you've got right inside my head there. Because right off the bat, I thought we were... Go- I mean, what, way back in 2008 or 2007, whenever we were... Looking for casting the net wide for singers, I was sure that we would get uh, Eve. I thought we'd get a Hannahs, a, a Cassie as well. Um, I was I, because I was new to this game. I was quite willing to take raw talent into it. I wasn't interested in stars. Uh, I thought I could take as long as we had a great singer. I thought we could take this singer right through the process, and I thought. That this person would, would learn with me, that they would almost be like they'd be a rookie, I'd be a rookie, and we'd go through this because that stuff looks good on screen. You know, people were actually learning, it feels real, and then it just didn't happen. No one, no one came along, and but I was, in the end, I was delighted that we, you know, when when I saw Emily, and I saw her doing her edition, finally, you know, she did a Skype edition. Uh, beside Ollie on the screen even though they were in different places and I just she had this kind of air you could just watch her she was settled she never overacted she just owned the screen and I thought no wait a minute I I want that that's what I need I'm the rookie I need the pro you know so we ended up with you know with working actors
0: Hi, Stuart. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, Do you have any plans to play any of the God Help the Girl songs live at any point?
2: I personally don't have any uh, plans to play them with Belle and Sebastian. We did a little tour with the original God Help the Girl singers uh, just in, in Britain and in Europe back in 2009. And the girls came back and played with us in Edinburgh a couple of weeks ago. We had a little reunion for, uh, at the opening of the film, and it was great fun. But um, I think probably that chapter's coming to a close. I love, I love writing for women, you know, I love writing for female voices, I just, you know, and I'm always looking out for great new female voices. They in- inspire me to write, but I think I will keep that separate. I think it would be, I would disappoint myself if I sang any of the songs, really. <laughs>
1: Hi, how are you? You're good. I um, I've noticed on some of the, uh, the Bell and Sebastian records, uh, there'll be like photos that you have taken for the sleeves or for the inlay. So, was any of that uh, stuff helped you to, you know, shoot the film, or were you just given the camera? And because a lot of the the stuff that I've seen in the clips looks very picturesque. Some so, if it, you could tell a little bit about that. Yeah,
2: no, absolutely. You you hit the nail on the head. And in fact, some of the some of the the places are exactly the same as places that I shot, um, you know, album sleeves. Um, there's a I, I'm trying to think, there's a clip that we just watched. There's a specific place in Glasgow. It's, a, it's like this church building and it's got big, like, uh, Greek pillars coming down. And for some reason, the light's just great. And I sh- kind of shot the cover of Dog on Wheels around there. And then and then actually shot a camera obscura record sleeve there as well, <laughs> so and it's in the film, you know. And they, um, but yeah, that that was really the most experience I had with with uh, with vision with uh, with capturing pictures was doing the record sleeves. Uh, I I actually pitched, I pitched that to uh, Film Four in London uh, when we were trying to raise money for the film. They asked me. So you know what's the style going to be like? What what experience do you have? And I said, well, I shoot the record sleeves, and I was I think I was maybe holding up a record sleeve at the time, you know. And uh, that, it didn't it didn't work. It didn't go down very well. <laughs> but uh, well, thanks, thanks thanks you guys everyone for, for coming
0: out for coming along and uh, when does the film come out um, in theaters this Friday correct
2: um, yes this weekend as far as I know they always keep me in the dark about always that stuff <laughs> <laughs> we'll be
0: sure to check it out and All thank right. you Stuart
2: alright thanks